Your source for community, Muskoka-made talk shows are on Muskoka Magazine, The Bay 88.7. Hey, this is Dr. Shervin. Muskoka Magazine is brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Please visit DairyLaneDental.com. This is Sweet Spots on Muskoka Magazine. Welcome to Sweet Spots on Muskoka Magazine, where passions, purpose, and pursuits collide. I'm Sue Kelly, and for the next 30 minutes, I'll be shining a spotlight on someone who has created their unique sweet spot in life. This broadcast is coming to you from the Bay's satellite studio at the very cool sweet spot in Gravenhurst, the Sada City Brewery. And so today, my guest is Danielle Ryan, and she is quite an accomplished young lady. She's an entrepreneur, a business owner, and a volunteer firefighter. Welcome to the show, Danielle. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, it's going to be very interesting, Danielle, uh, particularly like focusing in first on you being a volunteer firefighter. Um, there have been three fires in Gravenhurst recently, so we are going to talk a little bit about your role um, in uh, supporting the fire services here in Gravenhurst. But before we do, uh, this show, of course, is called Sweet Spot. So tell me, what's yours? Well, Sue, it's funny you ask that. I like to think of my sweet spot in life as sort of this ever-changing sort of intangible thing. And so my philosophy in life has always been to sort of just follow what feels good, treat my life like a little bit of an experiment, if you will, and (laughs) Try things for a while until they maybe aren't so sweet anymore, and move on to the next. So, oh, I love your your energy and your um, risk taking. Good for you. Obviously, you put a little um, you know knowledge and research into some of the decisions you make. I like uh, to think so. <laughs> yeah, for yes, for sure. And you're young, and why not? Exactly. We only live once. You right? know what? Abs- absolutely. Yes, indeed. Um, and so. Let's circle back to being a volunteer firefighter and this philosophy you have. So how, what little windows or doors opened that you decided to walk through that, that door to be a volunteer firefighter? Yeah, so I've been a part of the Gravenhurst community since essentially I was born. I left for school for a few years and found my way back here. So um, at the time I was working full-time for a neighboring municipality and I had been talking to some of the full-time firefighter staff there one day and they were really convincing me, you know, more women need to join the fire service. It's a great place to be, et cetera, et cetera. So I sort of planted this seed. And then I was driving home from work that day and I drove past Gull Lake Park and I see this big sign and it says, Gravener's Fire Department is now recruiting. And I think to myself, like, this is a sign from the universe. I have to put my application in right now. So I literally like drove home, filled it out, submitted it, and then went through, you know, the interview process and all of that. And here we are four and a half years later. And Um, I'm still a member, so. (laughs) Well, congratulations, and it is such a noble work and important work that that you're doing. Uh, And in fact, uh, Jared Cayley, the new uh, fire chief, recently said, because of these three fires in town, it's been an unbelievable gut punch, and everybody in the community is feeling it, especially the fire services personnel as well. Uh, And I know you can't talk about specifics about that, about those fires. But let's just talk about what inspired you to become a volunteer firefighter. Yeah, so I think when a lot of us think of the fire service, you know, you think like, oh, we get to roll around in big shiny trucks with flashing lights. Like, how much fun is that, right? And then the reality hits when you have to go to all of these calls and you see people in some of their worst hours, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, a lot of the inspiration to be a member of the fire department is this sense of being able to give back into the 
to the community in a way that's really meaningful and to be able to help people in those really hard times you know like i said oftentimes we're going to people on the literally the worst day of their life yeah, right? right so for sure to be able to be that whether it's just an ear for someone to say express how they're feeling and what's going on or to be the one physically in there taking control of the situation whether it's putting water on the fire or extricating someone out of a vehicle um i think there's many different roles that you can play as a member of the fire service it's not always just again like rolling around on the truck with the sirens like Mm -hmm. (laughs) woohoo we're out on a call like um there's definitely sort of this human and compassionate part of it i think that really draws me in oh that's awesome and uh so when you um entered uh, as a volunteer tell us what the training was like yeah so this was actually something i was completely oblivious to before i joined i thought you know volunteer service i'll just show up and they'll let me start you know riding the trucks that sounds fun right but the training program here in Gravener specifically is actually quite intensive and you go through a four-month training program where you're training every other weekend for the, that whole four-month period and then there's an exam process so you're getting your certifications up to the provincial standard which is really incredible. Um, specifically in Gravenhurst, obviously I can't speak to every fire service in Ontario, but they take it very seriously here in terms of safety for the community. So they're ensuring that we're all trained up to the, the equivalent of what you would see at a full-time service in m- some of the major cities in Ontario as well. Well, that gives us a lot of confidence for Absolutely. sure. Yes. And then your ongoing training, what is it like? Yeah. So once you're on and you've completed your initial four months of training, you receive your pager, you start to get going out on calls, you'll join the ranks of the rest of us and uh, we meet once a week. So depending what station you're at or um, where you live in town, that's going to be a different day of the week. But um, I am an in-town station, so we meet every Wednesday and we'll do anything. Every week is always different. Our training officer is amazing and she's always on top of like the most cutting edge training techniques. So we're always, you know, up to speed on what everyone else is doing. So you so you said she is your trainer. Eh? Yeah. Wow. So how many women are there? Um, I would guess that roughly 25% of the department is women, which is pretty incredible. There's been a huge push, I think, especially since I joined um, to sort of bring those numbers up and it's been quite successful so so how many firefighters are there i would guess we have somewhere between 40 and 50 i'm not sure where we sit at right now um it tends to change a little bit each year um but we're always trying to bring those numbers up so and uh, I just in case some of our viewers aren't aware of of all of the the scope of the uh, fire department, how many uh, fire stations are there in Gravenhurst? Yeah, so Gravenhurst has three stations. We have our main station right in town across from the independent grocer. We have one out in Kilworthy and then one in Barkway as well. So each station is equipped with a different number of trucks. Obviously, our in-town station has more equipment, but the outstations have what they need to handle whatever comes their way as well. And what kind of calls are you called out to do other than a fire, obviously? Yeah, so we'll do exactly that. Structure fires, grass fires. We also do car accidents, auto extrications, uh, ice water rescues, your standard alarm calls. If you had like a CO detector going off, we would come in and monitor to make sure that your furnace doesn't need to be replaced or something like that. Um, all sorts of different things. I think that there's this common misconception that as a fire or a volunteer fire service, we're not like the same caliber, but you have mm-hmm. to think of it as like, we don't have a full-time department. We are the fire department. You know what? So. That's right. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and I think you're right. There is that uh, perception out there. But you 
so in terms of compensation, you receive um, you receive some pay when you're called out. Yeah, we're paid on call. Basically, okay. is how it works. And you are our staff. You are the foundation of the of our fire department. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's um, that is fantastic. Uh, let's see um, about the uh, firefighting, um, and so you're recruiting right now. The fire department is looking for new recruits. So we actually run our recruitment in the spring. We'll take applications essentially all year round, but the main sort of portion of our recruitment tends to happen around May or June of each year. Um, And then those people who apply will be invited in for a sort of open house, and then they'll run through an actual interview and a physical test to make sure that they're physically apt to do the job. And then the job offers are put out from there. I see. And what would you say is the age group? What's the youngest? Uh, Honestly, so you have to be 18 to apply, but Mm -hmm. we've had candidates in our recruit class that are 60 plus. So, I mean, we get this broad range. If you are physically capable of doing the job, um, you have a chance to be hired. So there's no sort of discrimination, I guess, is the right word. Yes, right. Right. Well, thanks so much for all the the great details on our Gravenhurst Fire Department. And, uh, you know, we're going to take a quick break. We've been talking to Danielle Ryan, who is a volunteer firefighter with the Gravenhurst Fire Department. I'm Sue Kelly, and you're listening to Sweet Spots on Muskoka Magazine. This is Dr. Shervin. Hello. Dr. Shervin owns a dental practice in Huntsville. Yes, ma'am. But it's not only a dental practice. Dairy Lane Dental plays a major role in our community, supporting organizations that enrich your town like Community Radio, being a member of the Bay Food Crew, and Huntsville Hospital Foundation Business Cares Program. Dr. Shervin and his team at Dairy Lane Dental knows that alongside truly understanding their patients by providing a pleasant dental experience comes a responsibility to take care of our home. This is correct. Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Please visit DairyLaneDental.com. Buy Muskoka for Muskoka, your collection of Muskoka-based talk shows. Muskoka Magazine, The Bay, 88.7. I'm Dr. Shervin from Dairy Lane Dental, and you're listening to Muskoka Magazine. This is Sweet Spots on Muskoka Magazine. Welcome back to Sweet Spots. I'm Sue Kelly, and my guest today is Danielle... Ryan, who is quite the young adult. Actually, you're not so young, really. (laughs) But you're amazing. Uh, You're an entrepreneur, a business owner, and you've been a volunteer firefighter for four and a half years. So we've just, in the first part of the program, talked a lot about the Gravenhurst Fire Department. And so if anybody out there is thinking about volunteering or just learning a little bit more, just get a hold of um, the fire department. They are recruiting. So the second part of our show, um, I thought this is interesting, Danielle, how you've created really a sweet spot in Muskoka for your passion, um, one of your one of your many passions, and this is yoga. So you've been a in- yoga instructor um, of your business, which is called um, Lifestyle by Design Studio, and for three and a half years, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, how did you become a yoga instructor? Yeah, so I started my own private practice years ago, and I found myself sort of working this job. Um, You know, I went to school, I did all the things I was supposed to do. I had this solid career, a pension, benefits package, you know, I was living the dream. Wow, sounds good. Um, But the reality of the situation was that I was finding myself every day dragging my butt out of bed, being like, is this going to be my life for the next 30 years? And that wasn't really a place that I wanted to stay in. And so I found myself one day on a bit of a whim. Well, 
the story's kind of complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually started, the town ran this competition where we could win free rent in a space downtown. So I thought, you know what? I got nothing to lose. I'm going to throw together a business plan for a yoga studio, see what happens. And so I actually ended up getting picked to be in the top three or five finalists in this competition. And we had to do this whole presentation, slideshow presentation in front of a panel of judges. And they picked which idea they thought was going to be the most feasible. So unfortunately, I didn't win that. But it sort of planted this seed of inspiration. And so I found myself another month later or so on my 26th birthday. And I had maybe had a few drinks at the time. And I was sitting on the back of this brewery tour bus with my fiance. And I said to him, you know what, I think I'm just going to do it. And so, you know, 21st century, I just pulled out my cell phone and from my phone booked a flight to Portugal, booked my yoga teacher training and was like, I guess I'm leaving in a month. Going to have to go have that talk with my boss and let her know that I don't work here anymore. So um, definitely one of the scariest decisions I've made, but absolutely no regrets looking back. So I just love your attitude. You're such a risk taker, but with uh, with purpose and design. Yes. So, wow. So there might be other people out there who are thinking they might like to be a yoga instructor. So what's involved? What's the education like? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that especially with the pandemic, actually, it's become a lot more accessible. Um, And so trainings look a lot different now than they did even three years ago. But typically you are required to do a. It's called a 200 hour training. So some of that is combination of reading and now you can watch videos or you can go to an in-person training so the one I went to was like a 21 day intensive we were doing like 10 hours of study each day um but a lot of them now are kind of do at your own pace as you will or there's like weekend trainings you can do over the course of multiple months like it really just depends what your schedule is like um and what the yoga school that you select offers so once you've completed that portion um and you have your 200 hour certification you're welcome to apply to the yoga alliance which is like a accredited sort of international organization that's very well known in the yoga community um and so once you register with them then you're sort of this like registered yoga teacher it's called um and you're ready to get going so once you do your 200 hour you can upgrade to a 500 hour so i'm a 500 hour yoga teacher um but really it's sort of endless possibilities to continue to educate yourself once you're sort of got that initial certification so and you were telling me that there there must be ongoing education to maintain your practice. Yeah. So if you are a registered teacher with the Yoga Alliance, you are required to do a th- or 30 hours of continuing education every three years to maintain that certification. So um, that can look like a multitude of different trainings. I've done trainings in yoga for PTSD. I've done trainings in yoga for um, consent. So helping people who have been through um sexual assault or things like that, learn how to be comfortable with physical touch again. And so using yoga as a tool to help people through that. So it's wonderful. Yeah. But there's honestly, like, depending on what your interests are, you could find yoga for literally anything and there would be a continuing education course on it, I bet. Well, I love the idea that you're, um, you know, educating yourself on mental health and developing a curriculum that you can thread into your yoga practice and, uh, and youth I mean, youth mental health is uh, quite an issue here in Gravenhurst. Um, But, you know, mental health affects all of us, of course, whether it's good or bad and uh, different times in our lives. So I can see that uh, yoga is a wonderful way to connect uh, and improve one's mental health. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I recently, I am actually writing my last exam tomorrow. Um, I recently completed a postgrad certificate through Seneca College in mental health intervention. And so my intention moving into 2022 is to start to build out this curriculum for yoga teachers. So again, coming back to this idea of continuing education, essentially it will be utilizing yoga as a tool to help yoga teachers use safe practices that help to enhance mental health. So I've done a lot of research into the efficacy of yoga, not as a replacement for therapy, but sort of as a complementary tool that practitioners can use for people who are struggling with things like anxiety, depression, trauma experiences, and things like that. So I think when people think of yoga, they think of like, oh, I'm just making a cool pose and here's how it looks. But yoga is actually sort of this beautiful accompaniment of movement and of breath work and of mindfulness and noticing what's happening in your body. And all of that really ties back to the experiences that we go through when we are experiencing things like anxiety, depression, we tend to disassociate from our present experience, right? So teaching people to use yoga as a tool to draw people back into what that experience is and to sit in those feelings. And so I'm very excited about sort of this next leg of the journey. You're certainly passionate. Yeah. And congratulations. Thank Good you. for you for, you know, following this uh, path that you're on. And what I love about it is that it is so accessible that it once people learn the tools and uh, if they're, uh, you know, dealing with uh, mental health issues, they can implement it right away. Exactly. On their own. And we think of, I like to think of it anyway, sort of yoga is a very low risk, low cost thing that people can get into, especially now with the internet, you can just go on YouTube and search yoga mm -hmm. for X, Y, and Z, back pain, chest pain, not chest pain, but <laughs> if you have chest pain, go to the doctor. But <laughs> right, yes. if you have some sort of certain ailment, mm -hmm. you can find the solution online. And so it makes it so much more accessible for people who maybe don't have access to paid therapy or something like that, right? So... Yes, it can be available to most people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so how, thinking about your practice, so how did you start to go, um, how did your practice develop? Yeah, so essentially, like I had mentioned before, I unfortunately didn't get my free rent in my yoga studio. So mm -hmm. I actually began as a mobile service. I started offering yoga to cottagers, people in their private houses, things like that, driving around Muskoka offering one-on-one, one-on-ten -on -one, one -on classes, whatever that looked like. Um, and then in 2020, my partner and I bought our first home. We converted the living room into a yoga space. And so I now have a small private studio where I can offer one-on-one -on -one and two-on-one -on -one instruction for people in that private space. And then I still offer mobile services at other people's locations as well. So, And then I also have an online platform. So if people want to join me virtually from outside of Muskoka, they're welcome to, to join my classes there. D terrific. And you have a blog yeah. And you have a website. What's your website? Lifestylebydesignstudio.com. I also have a podcast, which is available on wherever you listen to podcasts. It's called Adulting 101. Look for my face and you'll be in the right spot. Okay. Adulting? Yeah. Adult. That's an interesting word. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And you have even done it on the water. Yeah. So a lot of my classes, especially this past summer, um, Lots of private cottage yoga, you know, girls weekends, things like that. So lots of fun to be had. Well, we're so glad that you are here in Muskoka and that you are following your passion. Uh, I just, uh, you are amazing and uh, good for you. Your future looks bright. And I'm so happy this is your sweet spot right here in Muskoka, in Gravenhurst and following your dream. So thanks for coming on the show, Danielle. And uh, 
Folks, you can join me next Sunday morning at 8 o'clock for another episode of Sweet Spots. Or you can re- hear a repeat of this show. Just go online to Hunters Bay Radio and the, and the podcasts are online. We are Muskoka on the Bay. CKAR 88.7 on your FM dial. <laughs>